Hello, Podwalkers, and welcome to another episode of the Goblin Lore Podcast. Uh, it's currently May, which means it is National Mental Health Awareness Month here in the U.S. So this episode, like every episode we, we post in May, will be a mental health uh, topic. And uh, I'm really excited about this one. Uh, we've got two wonderful guests returning to the show today to uh, help lend us more varied perspectives on, on this topic. But before we get into that, uh, first, we've got a couple sponsor shoutouts to do. Hobbs, you want to... Yes. So this episode has continued to be sponsored by Zencaster, the lovely software that we are recording on right now. Uh, We like Zencaster because it allows us to record all of our remote guests audio on their end. So if there are any hiccups with Internet, we don't worry about losing anything. So the Rote Runner episode that was just out recently with Earfan, that happened. We had some issues with kind of his audio, um, but I didn't have to worry about it. I still was able to use all the files and it continued recording without us losing anything else uh it also allows you to record especially at the pro level in video so if people do like video you can do that and with guests i think you can have like up to 10 guests recording i mean and that's just i don't i can't imagine us ever needing that i would that would be that would be a goblin lore episode of goblin lore episodes yeah, like, very very goblin. Yeah, goblin like lore I mean, somebody had a good storm turn if that happened. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it tangents into tangents. Like it would yeah. just be. I think we would have to find like our ten top ten like all star guests, but make sure that they're all slightly different, just like approaches and personality, and then just like let it go wild in and, the warrens. And, yeah, but exactly. we know and that regardless Pastor, of the topic, it's just called yeah. empty the warrens. That's the episode name. Now right. we need to do this. That's a mistake, Hobbs. Why did we start down this hypothetical? <laughs> like, we've already started down this in trying to thank Zencaster for having that ability, and now we're already like, okay, but what can we do with it? Uh, but that's the simple fact. Like they they do allow for kind of a lot of flexibility, and then the po- the post production I think is the thing that we always talk about is just the most helpful for us. So if you go to zen.ai forward slash goblin lore pod or use goblin lore pod at checkout you can get up to i think it's a three months you can get 30 percent off um so that's just a great deal and then we want to say thank you to the grinding coffee company uh one of the things that we're going to be talking about today is is mental health and they're a podcast that is lgbt and um minority ran and led and they are committed to mental health they they've been just so willing to jump up and offer us uh, charity giveaways, offer to talk about this, you know, really supported us in the mission of mental health. It was one of the reasons I think that they were willing to kind of partner with us. And we just want to say thank you to them kind of as, as we always do at the beginning. All right. So then let's uh, do some introductions. We have an opening question and then we can. We uh... have an opening question. This just blows yes, my mind. We do. It's been a while. It, we, it's been... we even dropped the ball. We had Ryan on who I think would have been perfect. and. We yeah. just didn't do one. No, we totally forgot. So what, since I started and I'm talking right now, I'll just keep that rolling and uh, introduce myself. So I'm Alex Newman, found on Twitter at Mel underscore Chronicler. My pronouns are he, him. And the the uh, question we're going to go with is what's a magic card that describes your current mental health? And I had to stretch on this one because I was hope- I had a different question that I wanted to answer. And, and so rather than come up with a new answer for this new question. I came up, I found a way to use my old answer for this new question. Um, and I found an aura from uh, Lorwyn, I believe. Now I just realized this image I'm looking at is from a dual deck uh, called Daily Regimen, which 
it's it's uh, aura puts plus one plus one counters on enchanted creature. It's fine, but um, I just today <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> for, the, for the first time in in a few weeks, um, I got back to lifting today. So every it's a thing I've been doing for for most of the last year. Um, I used to walk to work because it was a few miles away, which was really nice. So I would I would walk a few miles every day, go to work. That was a nice way to get some activity and get out and, and move around. But then I had to move and. Now I live substantially further away from work. I can't walk anymore. Um, fortunately, though, I, I, I'm living close to a, a good friend of mine who has kind of set up a, a home gym in his garage. So I was weekly going and lifting with him for a while, but then stuff's been going on with him. So it's been a while since he and I have lifted, but I got some some dumbbells and I've just been doing stuff at home. But the last couple of weeks have kind of been tired. The weeks have been weird. Things have been going on. My dad was in town. And so I kind of just, eh, I'll pass, I'll pass. And so finally today, I skipped it the last two weeks, but it was really nice to get back into it today, despite the fact that it was raining a little bit. So like for me, part of my whole, my whole routine with this, it's become a, a ritual that's, for me, it's, it's a very good, it, it hits a bunch of things. So I use, it gets me out of my apartment because it starts with me leaving, walking to Duncan to get donuts because I love donuts, but also I have a lot of internalized fat phobia from society where it makes it hard for me to eat things that I enjoy sometimes without feeling bad. But this is, it's like, I'm going to eat, I'm going to get two donuts, I'm going to get a Diet Coke because that's, I like to start, it gives me some carbs, then I lift. As soon as I'm done lifting, I go to Subway and get a sandwich with, you know, nice protein, carbs in the bread, a lot of veggies, just a good kind of meal after that. But again, it gets me out of my apartment twice gets me active and kind of moving and I missed it because it's easy in the moment sometimes to just, and, and sometimes it's fine to, to skip those things. It was fine, but it was really nice for me to get back to that today. It, it just helps me. It just helps me feel better just in general. It's a good thing for my mental health. Um, I really like is, this one and pointing me to this card name because uh, one of the things that I have got off with, with this week, which my card will make sense when we get to me, <laughs> has been my daily regimen. Uh, and specifically with, um, you know, I've been talking about how well I've been doing with keeping a planner. I fell off this week. And so daily regimen and making it like just what I'm doing for that. That's a, this is a great mm-hmm. find. And and also it's funny. And because- what good art. In the art, the, the it's a giant doing an isolation curl. I think that I have no idea if that's the actual term for it, but that is literally one of the dumbbell exercises I do where you put your elbow up against your inner leg and use that to keep your elbow from moving and then just do curls with that, like for bicep curls. And like the giant is doing literally part of my lifting routine. So it, it was pretty appropriate all the way around. So Hobbs, about your uh, how about yourself? Yeah, so um, I'm Hobbs Q. Uh, I can be found on Twitter at Hobbs Q, um, and my pronouns are he him. So I, I I was excited about this because I get to use an uncard, and getting to use uh, uncards is always one of my favorite things in the world to begin with. But uh, mine is Frazzled Editor. So <laughs> this is a basically this is encompassing just kind of what May and then going into June and. July uh, tends to mean for me every year. May is always my busiest month with the cast and then my job. It just there's a lot that goes on with my work. It's also mental health awareness, so there's a lot going on with the podcast. And then two weeks from now, we're doing the uh, mental health charity event. So May 14th and 15th, it'll actually be right after this episode comes out. We'll be doing that event. 
So I basically have been feeling like I am just frazzled in a lot of ways. Um, I was saying kind of before we all signed on that uh, I messed up my knee running. So uh, I'm very fortunate we have actually have orthopedic urgent care in Minneapolis with sports medicine. I literally was able to get in to see a sports medicine doctor and do a first session of physical therapy on a Saturday morning in less than two hours. But, you know, we're going on vacation and the vacations to the mountains and it's to see my family for the first time since the pandemic began in California. Like they've been here, but we haven't gone to see them. Uh, like I said, my, my wife was on call this weekend. We had birthday parties. I had a daughter who didn't sleep and then didn't want to nap all weekend. It just feels like I've been running from one thing to another. And that doesn't even get into the fact that the actual like editing for this week's episode is still to be done. So frazzled, I think, is just a general state right now. Um, but I also, when I went to go bring up the card to look at it, I forgot that this was, you know, uh, being unhinged in the time that it was meant that we got like a lot of really juvenile humor. And one of them is that we have the the pen is mightier than the sword is the flavor text. But there is like a, a, a line because the card actually reads the penis mightier than the sword, which just makes me think of the uh, Celebrity Jeopardy sketch from uh -huh. SNL. You're sitting on a gold mine, Trebek. Uh, but we actually have a magic card with the penis mightier uh, as a joke. And yeah. Lee Sharp just pointed out when I just happened to offhandedly say that on Twitter that, no, 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 the editor saved us by saying that there needed to be a space. <laughs> uh, sure. <laughs> sure. So, uh, <laughs> Taya, I hear your voice. Let's pass it over to you with, with that uh, way for me to leave. <laughs> Hi, I'm Taya Steer. I can be found on Twitter at Taya Transcend. My pronouns are she, her, or they, them. Um, my card is Cursed of Exhaustion because I'm just tired, y'all. It, it's, <laughs> it's been a rough few months if you're a trans person in this country and just the amount of hate that's targeted towards us from every angle. And it, it's it's been a lot. I'm tired of dealing with pandemic deniers. I'm tired of dealing with all the issues that I face and I I'm just exhausted. One spell a turn is about all I can manage right now. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, ah, uh, yeah. I would love to also force my opponents to always only get that many. Yeah. All right. And Reinhardt about yourself. Oh, uh, my name is Reinhardt Suarez. I am, uh, gosh, I, I guess I'm a writer. I write things. Uh, uh, I I guess most notably for uh, this audience, uh, I have written for Magic the Gathering. Um, I've uh, written three uh, stories, three of the side stories for some of the characters for Strixhaven and for, uh, oh my god, what was it? It was Crimson Vow, Instrad Crimson Vow, and... Uh, so I'm really happy to be here again. This is always great fun. I love, I love uh, uh, just chilling and talking about whatever. Honestly, um, my card that I uh, I grabbed uh, hastily um, was really just because I okay I went to Scryfall and for some reason Garrick has been on my mind, so I just put in the the lore search 
all right, let's look up some Gera cards and see what happens. And uh, and I found uh, OG, kind of, OG Giant Spider, 2-4 with Reach, solid, you're so glad to have it every time, from M12. And uh, the reason I picked it was because of Garrick's flavor text, and it says the wild is always changing, but it does have a few constants. And I feel that, you know, dealing with one's own mental state, uh, how one perceives the world at any one time, it's, you know, catch me five minutes from now, I'm going to think something completely different, but you're always going to have the constant of you. Um, and that's kind of like, that's how I, in general, kind of think about it philosophically. So, um, yeah, so I thought it was a, an appropriate card for to, to select. Well, cool. Um, so then for our topic, which I guess we haven't actually talked about, but whatever Hobbs picks for the title means that the listeners will know it. So I, I don't know why I'm talking in circles still. Uh, so what we wanted to talk about today is... And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm still kind of trying to boil this well, down into... It's actually... So it's kind of funny yeah. you have the way you're... Way well, to boil this down? The, the, the sense that you're talking around it, right? Yeah. Around the topic, because the topic itself <laughs> okay. is how to talk about mental health. And yes, one of the things that I, you know, my plan, one of the things I know I specifically will be talking about is that idea of actually it's just talking about it, right? Like not yeah. beating around the bush around it, which is something we, we attempt to do on the show. There's times when the tougher topics that we definitely still end up fumbling in general, though, our, I think our, our MO and, and what we're known for is that we're directly saying the words. We're directly saying grief. We talk about suicide. We talk mm-hmm. about trauma, whatever it is. And, and and part of this is to break down stigma. And and to me, when you came with the idea, th- that was kind of what my, I envisioned. So it's I thought it was really funny when you kind of started talking around it because that's, <laughs> it I think, ap- is what is common. Yeah, that feels appropriate. Yeah. And so, like... The impetus for this, like the, the kernel the, the, that I started with, I, I realized trying to think about topics for this month, trying to come up with, with shows that we could do about mental health for, for May, I realized one of the things we talk about a lot is, you know, as Hobbs just said, we try to be very open about these topics. We try to be direct when we were going to say we're going to talk about grief. We're going to talk about you know suicidal ideation. Any of these topics, we're going to talk about it. And we try to just move in to the topic and talk about it. We try to do it, you know, respectfully and we try to, um, as, as we can, but it's, it's, these are important things to talk about. So we kind of just, if we want to do it, we kind of just have to do it. But I realized like we say that and we have these conversations and I do this in, in my personal life. I have frank conversations with my family and my friends. I talk to my coworkers when, I'm I'm having bad mental health stuff. I have spoken to I mentioned it in in the podcast and in, in a past episodes and within the last month or so, but there was a, a point where I had a was talking to my my whole department, so about thirty or so people, and I just talked about the podcast and I said I have social anxiety and this is why mental health is such an important topic to me. And so like I try to be open about this in lots of places, but I realized just we say hey we do this. And this is a good thing to do if, if you're in a position to do it. But we don't really ever talk about kind of how to get there or how to start that. And so that's kind of what I was hoping to talk about today. 
was to talk about, and that's part of why we wanted to to bring on other people. And I'm so glad, Reinhardt and, and Taya, that you guys came on, that, that you two came on to, to join us. Because then, as I said in the, at the very beginning, this gives us extra perspectives to kind of give, to help flesh out the what we're giving. Because at least for myself, I can really only talk about my own experiences, and that's not going to be representative for everybody. So by having multiple people on here, by having the four of us, I'm hoping we can give this wider breadth of experience that helps more people and, and gives better perspectives. Um, before we dig into that, I think like these for the uh, mental health stuff, I mean, in general, we like to have some some magic lore and some story tie-ins, but um, particularly this month, trying to, to keep those those ties and, and, and have that kind of extra dimension to, to talk about magic stories. So uh, do have a story tie in this, this for this episode. Uh, Taya found this for us and I really appreciate you digging this up um, to, to bring, do you mind kind of bring opening that up and talking about that? I don't mind when, when you all came to me to, you know, with the topic uh for this week and you know it was really uh, it's an important topic to me but uh, what came to mind lore wise was uh the lost confession by jenna helen which i couldn't believe is you know almost nine years old at this point i don't know where that time is gone but this was the um story at the beginning of the theros block of elspeth pretty much right after she first landed on Theros and she's recovering from all the horrors that she had just experienced on Mirrodin and suffered all this physical and mental trauma and she's you know barely made it out of there alive and she's landed in this recovery camp run by um an eclats of Frika and she doesn't um know what to do with herself at the time she's been from one trauma to another her entire life and she just feels like another world fell out from underneath her and she writes this letter to a to a johnny knowing that he'll never actually receive it she says she's as soon as she's done writing it she's going to sink it into the swamp and this letter is really all about all the pain and trauma she experienced while she was on uh, mirrodin uh, as the Frexians took over and just how much she's torturing herself, how tortured she is inside, how much has gone on and is really tearing her apart. And she can't actually bring herself to reach out and ask for that help. She's doing it in a method she knows will never be heard or answered. And she's really turning it onto herself rather than bringing... Uh, herself to seek out one of the people that she knows she can rely on, a Johnny, which has been, you know, a, a treasured friend of hers for a long time. And she really needs to reach out and talk to somebody she knows uh, rather than sinking this message into the swamp. And it's not easy to do as someone dealing with mental health issues and, you know, severe trauma is absolutely a mental health issue. Uh, she's been experiencing it her whole life from being held captive as a Frex by, as a child by the Frexians through the, you know, destruction of most of Bant and then, um, Mirrodin being an absolute hellscape. You know, it's pretty much, uh, been one terrible thing after another for Elspeth and what she really needs is help 
and she doesn't know how to ask for that. She doesn't know how to reach out. And um, there's not a whole lot of support out there for planeswalkers who are constantly doing this. I, if you have to call out to a friend who has some, um, some fan uh, fic that their, their character or their uh, original character they created as a therapist for planeswalkers because they oh. really need it. <laughs> What? Yeah, they really do. Yeah. And that is. Oh, I need the uh, link to. The, like, is this available? Is this? It is. Or... It's on, uh, yeah, it's, it's on. Uh, uh, it's on the, the AOC. AO3. Okay. I'll, I can. I can dig up there, the link. I'm sure. Yeah. So there will be uh, a link to this in the show notes now because that's. Um, yeah, their their OC fantastic. is a therapist for planeswalkers. Uh, I love shout it. Out to Alex, uh, Wizard of Docs on Twitter. Um. And that's, uh, you know, it's something that planeswalkers really need. And, you know, I, I always feel so bad for Elspeth. I'm glad that the story for this set, you know, started out with her talking to a Johnny. Um, and I think this, this kind of goes full circle from where she was at the end of Mirrodin to, you know, finally being able to reach out and like say, you know, I need this help. You know, I just came back from the dead. Where do I go from here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And who has experienced the planeswalkers coming back from the underworld? Uh, yeah. And it's, it's such a, that's such a great parallel though, to talk about the, the idea that, you know, she's in pain from both the, the physical and the mental traumas of, of the things that she's been going through and, and kind of describes. So the, the immediate, the most recent stuff on Phyrexia in this article, but has, you know, no one in in there in there who could you know where she's at to help her, and rather than being able to reach out to Ajani, she writes this letter, and and so there's, yeah, I I I am going to be honest, when I had the idea for this topic, I'm like, this is something I think it would be great for us to talk about, but I wasn't sure we'd find a good story tie in, so I'm so glad um, that we know folks like well like both yourself and Reinhardt who have helped us find story tie-ins for things that I was not sure we would find tie-ins for. And just straight off the name, the Lost Confession. I mean, that's that's the idea behind a lot of times what people feel like with mental illness is that it's a confession. It's it and, you know, and confession carries with it that connotation of either being wrong or being weak or you know just that you're you're getting something off that needs to, but in a way that. I don't know, the lost piece to it really stuck with me. And, and as you said, the very opening sentences is about like, yeah, as soon as I'm done with this, I'm just going to roll it up and like slide into a vial and you'll never see it. Like I'm writing it to you because I need to get something down, but I'm not actually, you know, it, I, I still don't know what to do. She even says you, you, her decision to come to Theros is in because she didn't know what else to do. And then. Yeah, the, yeah. the um, I think one. <laughs> One of the interesting things is that, um, you know, she'll, she writes the confession or she, she writes it in a way that she's almost ashamed of the things that she's experienced, even though, um, you know, like <laughs> she in all in all senses is a hero. Right. Yeah. But it has to be relegated this pain has to be relegated to the shadows has to be something that's sunk into a swamp because she can't um she can't show that vulnerable side of her like for whatever reason maybe it's because in her in her past so she was a knight on bant right she she looked up to figures like rafik and and other like asha the angel 
right? These are like legendary heroes that are presented as like, you know, Asha's gone, but she's still a paragon of virtue. And she has... The fact that Elspeth feels pain and it's, it really hurts her to the core, She it this article really makes you think that she feels ashamed of it. And that that's you know that's a really great analog to you know someone who you know who incurs things you know like who has a, a you know something going on with mental health and it's never never assumed at least you know it, it's this convention of society right it's it's not assumed that this is something that happens it's assumed that something's wrong with you and that's and that you, you could see that that in itself hurts Elspeth. It's like she doesn't know how to deal with it, if that makes sense. Yeah, and and it's a I, I I agree. Like that makes that makes total sense. And and you're right. That's a really good analog. Um, a lot of folks who and this is part of why the conversation talking about mental health, being open about mental illness, is so important because so many people who are dealing with these things don't always even know what it is like um say for myself um with before my social anxiety was was diagnosed like i had no i, I hadn't heard conversations and i i didn't know that that was a thing and so it, it didn't i didn't question why it made me feel physically ill to my physically sick to my stomach if somebody some random person i didn't know approached me at a bus stop and tried to talk to me like it didn't register that that maybe i can go talk to someone and we can kind of work through some things and figure out what's going on because those just i it was i had no concept that that you know so, that social anxiety was a thing and that this could be a symptom of that and that I could talk to someone and start working through these things. That took a few years for me from that point. And so often folks who are going through that will feel like it's something wrong with them or that this is just how things work or whatever. Different people have different impressions of it, but having these conversations helps to break that down, helps people to realize this isn't something to be ashamed about. This isn't something that they're suffering by themselves. If there is a name for this thing and you can go find treatment like any other physical illness that someone suffers, mental illness can be treated. I, I wanted to ask, so, you know, you, you said before, you've been able to be honest at your workplace and open do you find, you know, and I think, I think, you know, you would say that has helped you. Do you find that it's helped others that you've talked to in your workspace? Um, I think so. I, I certainly hope so. I'll say um, being as open as, as, as I have been, as widely as I have been, has been a fairly recent thing, like talking to my entire department. But I've talked to my team about it. I know um, the... So just as a very quick recap of what I was talking about there, my my team was since we, the last two years since we've been mostly remote and most of us haven't seen each other since then, we have a weekly meeting that we've always done that we've always had. But now during that weekly meeting, we do the actual business stuff, and then after the meeting, there's just some personal stuff. And so it's like maybe a okay, the state fair you know is coming up. The, the Minnesota State Fair is in the end of August what's one thing you love to do there or are you not really a fair person? And then someone will draw names and everyone will kind of give their answer over the course of a couple of weeks. Well, 
recently they decided to kind of bring back what they did the first time, how this started was to do a little more focus on like one person and have each person who wants to participate. It's fully voluntary. If you'd rather not, you don't have to, um, which is an important aspect of some of these things too. Um, but you say, you bring five things about yourself, just any things you want to share. And so for myself, I just knew I'm like, I'm going to talk about the podcast, which means I'm going to talk about mental health because this is important to me. And it's something that I want to kind of use this platform to, to share with my team. Um, but I, I talked to my coworker, Sharon, who's the one who kind of builds the um, PowerPoints for all of these slides. And she puts this together. She coordinates the whole thing. And so I told her, I'm like, I'm just going to let you know, <laughs> I'm going to have as part of mine, I'm going to talk about mental health. I'm going to talk about my social anxiety and, and brief just as a quick you know, thing. But it's a topic that I know not everyone's always comfortable with. That's kind of the point of having these conversations to help normalize this stuff and, and help make people more comfortable with the topic. I'm like, but so because of that, I want you to be aware and also know if there's multiple people that we maybe put me at the end so that no one else has to try to follow that. And so I talked to her and she's like, oh, that's great. I'm really glad you're going to talk about this. So we did the thing. I talked, I, I went through all my slides. I mean, just talking about random things. And then we get to the last slide. I talk about the podcast. I talk about my mental health, kind of the focus of the podcast. Um, and then I, it was kind of silence, which I mean, to be honest, isn't unusual for these. We kind of get to the end to ask if there's questions every now and then someone will have a question. It's not super common. And then we kind of ended the meeting and then it was done. And I kind of like, there was a little bit of a over, over rush, just kind of this is a tense thing sometimes. And so I, I asked my, my coworker, and I'm like, sometimes, like, did, did I sound okay? Because I, I went through and read my, my slides. Most people, she'll just do it. And I'm like, I'll, if I'm going to talk about this stuff, I'm going to talk about it myself. But she was so happy that I did it. She was very thankful. She's like, this is a good thing. This is an important thing. She talked to me about some stuff that she has had going on. And she's like, it's, I'm glad that you're willing to be open about this. And hopefully that helps other people be more comfortable. So we'll see if, if it's a wider thing. But I do know, at least for her, she was very happy to hear me talk about this. And I know um, in a smaller context, though, within my team, like I talked my supervisor the last couple of years, I've always talked to her. I've been open with her and, and my team and I know, I mean, that's been helpful. I don't know if it's, it's helped them talk more about their own uh, mental health stuff, but at least it's been helpful for a team, for the team, for me to just be open and say, Hey, I need to take this day off for a mental health day. Things are, I'm kind of stressed right now. Or even if I don't need to take time off, just be like, all right, you know, I, there's a lot of stress and a lot of things going on. I'm going to take care of X, Y, and Z because these have to be done, but then I might leave early just to, just to get out. And then my team is like, okay, cool. We'll, we'll take it from there. So. Cause one thing that I thought about Alex, when you kind of pitched this episode, right. You know, like I know all the stuff that you've talked about on here and the things that, you know, you and I have done over the last, you know, the course of now four years, you know, we talk about, we, we, we seem to just take for granted that we know that it is important. And, and we, well, I mean, I don't know if we take it for granted as much as we have it as a stated mission. It's important to have the conversations. It's important to be open um, you know, I kind of like, this is my, I don't know, my, my personality on Twitter at this point is the person who's saying, talk about it. And why I liked this topic in particular was though, is thinking to, well, how do you get started? Because that 
is, you know, you, where you're at right now is somewhere where you've been able to do this to the point where you can talk about it in a work setting. And I don't think most people are there. I, I will say, you know, I am very comfortable about it in pretty much every sphere of my life. And there still is part of me in a work setting where it becomes kind of difficult just because of the different pressures that I have, especially as someone working in the field. So I was kind of wondering, you know, for kind of with the reason we asked kind of Tay and Reinhardt to be on here is people have heard Alex and I talk a lot about our, our journeys. And I'm just curious if, you know, people could talk about what the experience has been like to start talking about it, right? Like, did it go well? Did it not? I mean, is it new to you to talk about it? Um, just that idea of like, how do we start this conversation? Because you have to start somewhere. Yeah, I, I think it's it's been different depending on where I've worked. Um, my previous employer was a startup. It was much smaller. They didn't have, you know, they had the general disability employee work group, but they didn't have anything specifically for mental health disability. And that is something that... Um, Quite a few of us, you know, worked on together, uh, you know, covered really mental health and neurodiversity. And it's just it requires people that are willing to be out there and open about their own issues to, I think, get that ball rolling. Uh, I currently work for a much larger company and we have an entire uh, employee resource group dedicated to these topics that so we just had a, an amazing month for autism awareness and acceptance month where they brought in a lot of external public speakers to talk about these things, um, encourage, you know, sharing among internal employees, as well as um, a lot of um, just sessions on these topics in general. And we're doing the same thing for uh, the national mental health awareness month. Uh, those um, talks start up on Monday and I'm excited to see who they bring in this month for that. Uh, it's um, nice to be in a place that supports employees taking this time out of their work schedule to do these types of activities. And it also just helps with destigmatizing having this discussion in the workplace. Uh, I'm very open online about I, you know, I'm bipolar. I have social anxiety. I have ADHD. I'm autistic. So I, I've got the whole list covered on a lot of these things uh, quite well. And I do think that it takes people, you know, like the, the people on the show and people like me that are willing to be open about these struggles to get it to be seen as more um, commonplace and let people know that this is out here. And, and you know, Ted, kind of knowing you for as long as I have, has this been, you know, like, I mean, just because my memory is absolute garbage at times, but I mean, I don't remember when we were first all kind of starting on Twitter, especially people who have been around for a long time, that, that, that this was something that was like magic players would openly be discussing. No, I right? don't think it was super common. And I do think like podcasts like Goblin Lore have done a lot to help with that. And just, I think society in general in the last five years has changed a lot when it comes to this. And maybe part of it's because of the pandemic and people are being will more willing to be open and saying, yeah, I've got these problems too. And Part of it was just how accepted neurodiversity has become, which is so intertwined with other health issues, you know, um, mental health issues, especially. And people are much more willing to talk about their ADHD or, you know, that they're on the autism spectrum and just, you know, the other mental health challenges that come with that. 
I was thinking, you know, the the pandemic piece, it made me kind of think about that idea that I think there's a lot of people who had more of a shared experience, you know, even if it's not something that's quote unquote diagnostic, there maybe is a little bit more understanding. Um, you know, I, I like to be the optimist at times uh, that, you know, like maybe that's something that has come out of this. But I do think that there's been a shift in the last five years, I would say. Um, but I know that even for me in the last five years, and I'm somebody who I, I will say, like, I'll just throw this out there. I initially tried to talk about mental health when I, I in the most emo way possible, because I got diagnosed when I was 18 years of age. And people on here who know me, that was 24 years ago, right? Like, we're talking the late 90s. Um, and I had to do a presentation for some high school class. And I, I, I know I did research and introduced stuff on major depressive disorder and teenagers and all of this. But I, I, I'm fairly certain, I, I'm not even going to say fairly certain, that would be like me trying to cover up for the fact that I know for a fact that what I did was like sat down and played um, Sound Gardens the day I tried to live and then like just started talking about like depression and probably, like I said, a very typical high school emo way, like knowing myself at that age. Um, but like, you know, like people didn't even like people thought it was a joke. People didn't even take it seriously. You know, um, I think I've seen like just like multiple iterations through the years just because of being somebody who has been kind of like, I don't know, like my undergrad thesis was literally on representations of mental illness in film and in pop culture. Right. Like there's a reason that this podcast is a, was attractive to me. Um it does feel like there is a difference or a shift in the last five years. And yet I was still like very afraid to do it um, as openly as I have, I feel like in the last four or five. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I guess I have been, uh, I think, well, say more open in the last four or five, but also for, for me, my, um, my diagnosis wasn't until, Oh, how the hell old am I now? It was about 10 years ago. It was a little less. I think it was probably nine years ago. So yeah, being more open in the last five years is makes sense with the first couple of years still going through, you know, spending time with my therapist, just kind of learning and figuring out even what's going on in my head and kind of working through things and, and stuff. And so that takes some time to even figure out kind of what you have going on. Like I got the diagnosis, I have a title for it, but that doesn't necessarily mean I understand what that means kind of to me and how my version of this works within my my life. So that took a little while to kind of work through that stuff and then to kind of figure out where this works and how I'm going to be moving forward and doing stuff and different things. And so it took me a little while to kind of get to that point, which would probably have brought me there maybe more coincidentally within around that five years or so to start being more open and talking about it. Though um, now that I think about it, I, I am at least for me, for how for how I kind of started these conversations, at least the initial ones. Unfortunately, I have supportive, very supportive friends and family, and so I I started talking to like my parents and and my my close friend, my closest friend, my who was my roommate at the time. Like then, like almost right away, they they were the the closest part of my social network, and as that was kind of happening. I talked to them about it and that helped me a lot was to have them to talk to though. They didn't have a lot of experience. They didn't have a lot of understanding of this, but 
being people who loved me, they were there to kind of work, through, you know, talk through things with me to at least let me, give me someone who I could kind of bounce stuff off of, even if they didn't have specific advice and things to help me, at least they gave me a, a kind of a forum to sound stuff out. And that was very helpful for me. And then moving forward, like with, with work, it's been helpful that I work at a place that makes a very strong emphasis of supporting employees. Um, I'd say mental health is a thing that they're starting to do more recently, but they were in the corporate sense, trying to do the mental health thing for a long time, talking about like the work-life balance thing has been a conversation for a while, which isn't bad. It is not a bad thing, but it is, that's why I like, I specifically have, have talked to a few, gave some feedback to a few people and, and also in a few surveys and things. And it's like, this is good and helpful, but there's a lot more to it than this, that mental health is a deeper topic that has other things going on. And by trying to have some conversations that go deeper, you could really help support the employees. And then my work did it last year. They actually did stuff for um, national mental health awareness month. They did a bunch of stuff during May and uh, to kind of do give you some time travel slash behind the scenes thing today is, is the first of May and it's a Sunday. So while we're recording, so I don't really know if my work's going to do stuff for that this month, this year, I would hope so. I would expect so. I think it went well last year, but I can't speak to that right now. Um, I'll find out tomorrow, but that helps. Then it, I know that on a corporate level, this is a thing that they are cognizant about, that they want to be open about. But then you have to, it still comes to, you have to be comfortable talking to the individual people. Like your supervisor for me has been the most important. That's the person who, if I say, hey, I need this day off, they're kind of the one who goes, yeah, okay, you can have this day off. And again, I've kind of been fortunate. My my previous supervisor um, had a, a child who was uh, um, neurodivergent. So she has kind of had a leg up is maybe a bad way to say it, but she has a better understanding of how people's brains all work differently. And so she actually approached me at one point. I can't remember what the thing was, but there was some point where I was uncomfortable in a situation. Not, it was not bad enough that I needed to like call things out, but I just kind of removed myself from the situation and I was okay doing that. But she saw that and approached me afterwards and said, Hey, can we talk a second? I just noticed you kind of pulled yourself out of this. Is everything okay? What's going on? And that let me know that she is a person who was not only like a safe person I could talk to, but is willing to have these conversations. And so that allowed me to open up more and open up more and, and have a really good relationship with her where I'm talking about my mental health, very frankly, about things going on. So that was very helpful for me at, at work. You know, I was really struck kind of uh, by the comment that Reinhardt made, you know, kind of that you asked Alex, um, that downstream effect, like, has he noticed any of that? Because, I mean, I think that is the reason that we want to do this, at least for, for me, right? Like, the reason I want to do it is so that then other people will do it and it, it, it downstreams. And I was curious because you kind of asked that and I was like, that's, that's a really interesting question. It's because um, we're both, we, we both have you know, we both have mental health and affect it, you know, and I, I definitely learned how important it is to be receptive to the issues that p people want to bring up. Um, but it's not only receptive, right? It's, it, you, you want to, 
at least in my experience, you want to be able to listen without judging. And, you know, I, I learned, I, I learned that both in non-painful ways and painful ways, you know, like where maybe there was a, there definitely were times when I was far younger where I just didn't understand. And I didn't, I, I'm always someone who is like, present me a problem and I'm going to solve it. I always want to solve it. And uh, when I can't solve something, it like bothers me and I don't know what to do with myself. You know <laughs> yep. what I mean? Yep. And, and so it, it took my wife to be like, she's like, hey, stop talking. <laughs> stop trying to solve my problem. I just need you to listen to me. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, okay. 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 So I, and so it, it's about just like taking it in and, and being able to kind of talk through things, feel that conversation out. And, you know, sometimes it's about you detect like, oh, you know, this person doesn't, necess doesn't necessarily want to talk about so much about the issue but it's like helping to bridge off the issue to something more fun or we do want to talk about the issue but let's talk about it in a way that we could be constructive instead of like spiral you know where that's very easy to spiral and you know i've been in a i've been in situations where you know I, I don't think i was the best at listening in fact i think it was very bad at listening and i you know i may it's like, oh my gosh, am I? Did I contribute to things getting worse? And it really made me step back and say, like, oh gosh, I can't, I can't let that happen again, you know. So we have to be cognizant of the effect that we have to everyone around us to be able to be receptive, but also like Alex's boss saying she didn't have to do that. She, you know, she could have noticed in her head. Oh, Alex is, you know, he removed himself. I hope he's okay and be done with it. But she went out, she said, Hey, is there an issue? Like, you want to talk about it? That's a, like, th that act is something all of us can do um, to, to help each other, you know, and, and, you know, like, and Alex, how you said, I think your current supervisor or, or the person putting on that the showcase confided in you like, oh, you know, there are things that I've been going through too. All of us have something. Not all of us, you know, yes. I, I can say that not all of us have something that is being clinically diagnosed, but we at least can have the empathy to, to know that like, man, some people are dealing with a lot more than we do. That, that some of us do, you know, and to be open to that, receptive to that, be able to like lend a helping hand, you know, things like that. So that's where that question came from. Okay. Cause like to me, I was even thinking about that idea, like you said, uh, and this kind of going back to what Taya was mentioning with the last five years, right? Like, you know, this is why I, I like the shift to, of even just moving to a discussion of mental health and not mental illness. Um, it, it, like we can get into the whole discussion on language or not language, but at the same time, like we are talking about universal experiences, like diagnoses are important in certain situations, I guess. I mean, they can be. And if people identify with them, that's where I find it to be a lot more important to discuss. But like, 
these are just experiences that people have, right? Like we all have mental health. It is, it is part of who we are. It's a, it's part of our, you know, it's, it's just the same as our physical health. And, you know, we, there's a lot in the field of positive psychology and that is to look at like the, the effects of, of, of like good mental health or like, um, habits of healthy people, whatever you want to call it. But part of this comes back to just this idea that just talking about it lets us say what our narrative is. Um, and narrative to me is an important piece because it is kind of just saying how we see ourselves. And this is where I kind of think of with Planeswalkers. And I, like I said, after this, I'm reading that fanfic of Planeswalkers going to therapists because to me, that is really kind of this idea of like that, that is Planeswalkers are in a unique situation within the game, right? Like they, they have abilities and powers that others don't have and they have experiences that others might not so who do they talk to, right? Can they talk to just anybody? Um, what is the narrative that Elspeth is telling herself by writing this letter? Um, and, and to me, this is why you start the conversation so that Elspeth could actually feel like, hey, if I saw a Johnny, I could have this conversation versus I'm almost doing it by proxy. And I think that to me, a lot of this has been by proxy. Yeah. Sorry, Taya. No, I'm just saying, you know, I'm agreeing with you that it's, I do think, especially early on, and this is one of the one of the first lines in that story is maybe those words will make things worse for me, where she doesn't have that feeling like she can even express these words. It's a you know, he says Reinhardt said it's it's expressing a weakness. Saying it out uh, loud makes it real. Yeah, and. That's I do think that's one of the big things that's changed in the last few years is that more people are willing to say it out loud. And, you know, as you said, everyone has mental health. It's not unique to anybody. It's something we all have to deal with. And it's just a matter of are you going to keep that to yourself or are you going to seek, you know, seek out help when you need it? If somebody breaks their arm no one judges them for going to the hospital to get a cast put on it but we still have that in a lot of ways for getting treatment for mental health issues yep yeah and i think that uh my my uh one of my favorite web comics um i that i've seen but i don't know where it is unfortunately comes from i need to find it again but it's basically a whole thing of like showing people with physical health presenting to their doctor uh and being treated as if they were uh, mental health so you know like they come in and like their arms broken and the doctor's like well have you just tried like thinking that it's okay or if you like yeah I, i've <laughs> seen that too yeah what about your sleep you know like i mean just like this like asking people questions that you just wouldn't ask them if they came in with these health complaints yeah <laughs> i mean and i think it's interesting because thinking of generations and kind of how we're seeing this play out, you know, I even had my mom the other day kind of be like, well, you know, yeah, I mean, like, why don't people get help? It's not like there's still kind of stigma. And I'm like, I think it's kind of, it's interesting to see because of her experience with having somebody like me and I think some others in her life has really changed that perception, right? So she doesn't necessarily see a wider world thing to realize that that there still is so much stigma about it and, you know, within the world that she has. And that's why it's important to have more of these experiences. So I think that so more worlds can become like that, that it's not seen like there's a stigma because stigma is probably the number one thing that stops people from asking for help. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, which have your story yeah. before. <laughs> it kind of it kind of made me laugh because uh, your your story before it kind of made me laugh because uh, uh, I was like, oh my gosh, you were just hit by the '90s freight train, you know, with Soundgarden and and everyone like not uh, not taking you seriously. I feel that we're in a much better position today than <laughs> than teens were in the '90s. Yeah, I, I I was diagnosed with depression at 14 in the 90s, so I, I definitely absolutely feel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, team old school, too. <laughs> right. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> Have any other full topics? Just a few, few random things I want to throw out. So I mean, you've kind of alluded <laughs> to this. Just like I don't know, a soundbite is the right term for this, but it, it's just like you actionable said, actionable advice, like, Alex. Actionable, actionable advice, advice, maybe. That's yeah, what it okay, says in cool. the show notes. Perfect. Yeah, we we have a plan and we follow that plan. We don't. We don't. We, um, we have a we have a general direction. We have a general direction, and we and oftentimes we, end up there. We oftentimes manage to follow it despite ourselves. Uh, but so a few things like like you talked about, I just want to put like very specific words on. This is something we've already covered, like Hobbes and I, more than just Hobbes. I, we've, we've covered this, but mental health is physical health. You ch- would treat it just like you treat physical health. Like it is an important part of the body. The, the old, oh, it's just in your head is just kind of nonsensical. I mean, like, yeah, it is. It is, it is exactly in my head, but so is something like brain cancer and you'd get that treated too. It's, it's, yeah, that just makes sense. But I want to just put that you treat mental health like you would physical health. And so, you know, if you happen to be in the position where you're a manager or a supervisor and people have need time off for mental health, people need things for mental health, think about it like it was the same thing. If when I broke my leg, my, my supervisor was like, all right, what can we do to help? What do you need? What do you, you know, same thing as if I go to her and say, Hey, I'm, you know, having having trouble with stress or my mental health's not a great place. Okay, well, what do you need? What can we do to help? What can we? It's the same the same thing. And I don't know. I thought I had something more, but I think I lost it. And <laughs> get going. So, does anyone else have uh, actionable advice as we get to the end here? <laughs> well, to kind of round back uh, for what kind of where you began, Alex. Um, I'm a huge proponent of routines. You know, when you're talking about working out um, and and your walk before, like those kinds of things get you in that right headspace, I think. At least in, in my experience, it really does color your day if you can start with a routine or you can look forward to a routine at lunchtime or even in the evening. Uh, it gives you this, this baseline. And it, I don't know, it, I think... I think it can really help center um, and it could be a routine. It could be a walk. It could be just a lunchtime walk. So if you work in an office, it could be for me, it was lifting weights just like Alex. I really love doing that. And since the pandemic, <laughs> I have not. So I really need to get back to it, but like actionable, actionable advice. That's some sort of routine is super, super uh, helpful. Yeah, for me, it's just, you know, be willing to talk about it because finding other people who share these struggles is, um, it's been life changing for me. It's, you know, whether it's through Twitter disability communities or 
employee resource groups at work. It's just talking to other people who have these experiences and can just either listen to you vent or give advice or, you know, commiserate with you is a great way just to start dealing with the problem. Mm-hmm. And that isn't, that isn't what I was thinking before, but that is, is, is great. Yeah. And that reminded me of something I, I used to talk about, but I don't think I brought up a lot recently, but when I first started, when I first got my, my diagnosis and I first started working on this, I, I found for me that the two most helpful things were to talk for, talk to someone about what I was going through. But the second was to listen to other people talk about their own, because it's just, it's kind of what we do. Why, why we brought, you know, a bunch of people on today, you get those extra perspectives. And sometimes there's some great specific advice that applies right to what you're doing. And sometimes it isn't. And honestly, for me, both were helpful because it was like, Oh yeah, my brain isn't like that. And it helps me to map out the, uh, the map of my brain and how it works by just saying, Nope, doesn't quite do this. And that was great too. <laughs> so yeah, finding those communities and finding those folks you can talk to. So I kind of really loved what Reinhardt kind of talked about with the guy, you know, I went into a field because I like to solve problems and then quickly learned that most of what I do is not because that's, that's not what I'm, I mean, I can't fix a ton of stuff, right? There's things that are just like to the whole basis of acceptance and mindfulness is there's things that cannot be changed. And I've had to come to grips with that. It's also affected how I then talk with even the people in my life where I will try to be a little bit clearer because I know that I need to, than I used to. Um, if asking them if they want help or if they want me to listen. Um, and this is not in my professional life. This is in my personal life, recognizing that benefit of th- those things are both useful. And I, I always had a tendency to jump to fix, and that might not be what was wanted. And I, if I at least know that, then I'm not finding that. I, I, it helps me with that pool. So I think for me, if you have people in your life maybe that are starting to talk about mental health, or you yourself are starting to talk about it, just think about kind of what what it is that you're hoping to do. And if you need something fixed, great. If you don't, just being able to be honest about that piece is something that I find to be beneficial for myself. Yeah, I, I think I it was just very eye-opening, um, you know, and especially like, Hobbs, you're a professional. <laughs> I'm not, you know, and what was I trying to do fix to, you know, what was I saying to fix anything, you know? It's more, it was so much more important just to listen. It really was. Well, so I want to, once again, before we end, I want to thank our guests for coming on. Um, I mean, there's a reason that both Reinhardt and Taya are people that we have on the show as kind of frequently as they're willing to in some ways. They're both just fantastic guests with insights that I find are important. And, you know, we. I just want to thank you both. Um, and then I also wanted to just remind people that next or uh, well, if you're listening to this, hopefully on the, the the week of the 14th through the 15th of May, we will be streaming. There'll be information um, on my personal uh, Twitter, HobbsQ, that'll give you the information of the breakdown of streams. We are planning at this point. We have a mental health panel, uh, mental health panel with myself and Chase. They have agreed to come on, kind of talking about their perspective as another person with a mental health uh, training and background. And they and I are going to um, uh, be running a panel of some sort. We don't fully know what that looks like. But this is one of those things of like, we wanted to add in 
newer things to just gameplay and stream. And part of that was this idea of having mental health professionals and also hopefully for future events, be able to have people talk about their journey so to, to actually just have a panel where we're trying to raise money at the same time as somebody just telling their story because of how important those stories are. So if you're able to come out, we are going to be raising money for NAMI, the National Alliance on Mental Illness. We have a ton of cool stuff that we're giving away um, Everything from rote runners. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say it again. We didn't get the sweet, sweet Yankee Candle um, sponsorship, Alex. I know. Yeah. Still a bit disappointing. We tried. Yeah, I sent them an email. They haven't responded to me. <laughs> but we have that. We, we tried to get some stuff that wasn't magic related, but we also have a lot of magic related just decks and cards. And uh, I actually think my favorite random one is uh, that gal, Carolyn, is doing. Uh, so she's a cosplayer uh she's done tiana in the past who is she's an actual mechanic and has done some amazing like uh cosplays in that are in that realm she also did did she do the elvis jace taya do you remember that i think she did okay i think she did too um but she is she does cross stitching as one of her hobbies and is cross stitching something for somebody's house that says did you pay the one (laughs) um so like we're trying to find like just some cool things to give away uh we're really hoping to raise a lot and just also have those conversations during our games about mental health and that's our show for today you can find the hosts on twitter hobbs can be found at hobbs and alex newman can be found at mel underscore send any questions comments thoughts hopes and dreams to at goblin lore pod on twitter or email us at goblinlorepodcast.gmail.com. If you want to support your friendly neighborhood gobsmug, the cast can be found at patreon.com slash Opening and closing music by Vindergotten, who can be found on Twitter at Vindergotten, or online at vindergotten.bandcamp.com. Logo art by Steven Raphael, who can be found on Twitter at Steve Raphael. Goblin Lore is proud to be presented by Tipsters of the Coast, as part of their growing Vorthos content, as well as magic content of all kinds. Check them out on Twitter at HipstersMTG or online at HipstersOfTheCoast.com. Thank you all for listening, and remember, goblins, like snowflakes, are only dangerous in numbers. <laughs>